when you realize that self-love is like the key to everything, because if you can't love yourself fully, and if you can't wake up every day and be like, yeah, I got this, then you can't love other people in your life to the level that you are able to. When you realize it from that lens, like loving yourself isn't selfish, it's actually nurturing so that you can be the best you can be to then show up for everybody else in your life. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to episode 27 of Be More Well. I'm Jeff St. Pierre, and this week, my guest is country artist, Lindsay L. If you've listened to Be More Well before, welcome back. This is your first time checking out the show. Thank you. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day. Be More Well is a wellness-focused podcast that was created after I woke up one morning and thought, man, I just don't feel right, and I need a change. Where do I start? There are so many books and YouTube speeches with advice, so I want to talk to people about their stories and how they find wellness and mindfulness in their lives. On Be More Well, you can expect to hear conversations with doctors, physicians, athletes, authors, and everyday people just like you and I that are fighting the fight to become the best possible versions of themselves. My hope is that you'll find some inspiration from my guests. I know that I do. Don't forget to subscribe to Be More Well on whatever platform you're listening on right now, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever it is. That way you'll be notified about the latest episodes. And you can go back through the older ones as well. I don't mind that at all. And please feel free to leave a rating and review while you're here. When I started thinking about launching this podcast, I had a mental list of dream guests lined up. Who was on it? You might be wondering. Well, let's see. Uh, The Rock was on there. Olympic athlete Georgia Ellenwood. Olympic athlete Michael Phelps. uh, Brene Brown. Ryan Reynolds. The list is kind of all over the place. My guest today, she was absolutely in the top five of my dream guests. So I'm really excited we were able to connect. Lindsay L. has been busting her butt in Nashville for about a decade now. It hasn't always been an easy road either. I think there's this impression that people move to Nashville and become stars overnight. Sure, there are some people that do hit it big right off the bat, but even some of those, quote, new artists that you think come out of nowhere have been working hard for years trying to get someone to notice them. So I know that Lindsay has had some of the highest highs and some of the lowest lows in her career. I feel thankful that I've been able to witness so much of that career over the years and to be a part of that. I've always been inspired by her strength and her motivation. I'm sure there have been some tough nights, but she wipes away those tears and she gets back to work immediately. It's that drive that I wanted to talk to her about, that strength to keep moving forward even after things don't work out the way that you want. You can be the most talented person ever, right? But finding your voice, that's the tricky part. And being comfortable sharing your story is also a challenge. Being vulnerable is never an easy thing. So how Lindsay found her voice is a big part of the conversation, but we also dive into the negativity that can come with social media and how she fights off the haters and the weirdos uh, and how she's handling the pandemic and what she's doing as it continues to interrupt her livelihood of touring and performing for fans. We talk about a lot of stuff in this conversation. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. So here you go. My conversation with Lindsay L. Well, look who it is. Hi. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm so good. How are you? I am good. It is so good to see you. It's so good to chat with you. I feel like it's been too long. It's so good to see you. Way, way too long. How have you been surviving in these crazy times? You know what? Uh, Not too bad. I'm a bit of an introvert, so being sort of forced, if you will, to stay home is not the worst thing in the world for me. Um, And I don't know. I'm actually the same. Yeah. 
I've heard that from a lot of artists, which is interesting because you you see, you know, somebody will see Lindsay L on stage and see you pouring everything out on there. And there's probably an expectation that like, that's, that's what you're like. I mean, you're just energetic and out there, but I've heard a lot of people in that profession that are like, yeah, I just like being home. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I do miss being out on the road. Sure. Don't get me wrong. Like I miss playing shows and seeing fans and seeing their smiling faces, but yeah, like we are never home and I'm such an introvert. Like, I guess it's how you get your energy, right? So how, how you recharge and, and whether people get recharged being out in a group of people or being in their home by themselves with their families. And I'm like, I definitely am an introvert. And so it has been kind of cool as well as, you know, I just think that this year, Jeff is like teaching us so much mm. about ourselves and teaching us like how to reevaluate our priorities in life and maybe look at our jobs, how we can do it more efficiently or we can function from home. Like it's just been kind of crazy to learn, mm -hmm. you know, all of these new things. Would you say, and I only ask this because I've done a couple interviews this week and it's been brought up organically by my guests. Would you say that you feel like you're having a harder time now than maybe you were six months ago? Uh, people I've talked to this week are saying, like, for whatever reason, this these past couple weeks, they've really been struggling to sleep. They've been having crazy dreams. Yep. And it's weird because you think by now we would have adjusted to really understand how to work. But it seems like it's changing again. You know, that's so interesting that you mentioned that because, yeah, at the mm. beginning of quarantine, it was like everybody's kind of freaking out, sure. like figuring out what was happening, like getting into the, the groove of things. And then I feel like throughout the whole summer, it was just like locked and loaded and we were kind of go, go, go. But now, yeah, it's almost like it's taken a reset. Or I was talking to a friend the other day and she's like, well, we're not even really halfway through this thing, at least for touring artists. Sure. We won't really get back to our our normalcy, if you can if you can say that, knock on wood, until summer of next year, probably. Mm -hmm. And so hearing her say that we're not even halfway through, I like had an inner freak out moment. And I was like, oh, like, like we're not even halfway through. I, I was like ready to like high five everybody be like, guys, we're almost there. We're almost there. But it's like, we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. And so it is just trying to reevaluate and, and trying to keep those healthy perspectives and be like, all right, it's all happening for us. We are going to learn even more. And it's, it's, it's just about pivoting and, you know, trying to be as, um, as, as flexible as, as we can, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting uh, to put that in that perspective. Cause I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, even from, from my career, I mean, yeah, I'm on the radio every day still, but a big part of our life is promoting events and going to shows. And that's where we yeah. connect with our listeners one-on-one -on -one and in person. It's, and it's interesting to, to think about it. Like, yeah, we still have a ways to go before that aspect is coming back to that world. We totally do. And so again, like, I think it's, it's been interesting to even look at, you know, as, as artists, for sure, the things that we've all been focusing on when we don't normally have time to do when we're, when we're zigzagging all around the country and, and, and going to all these different shows. And so um, it's, it's been cool to be like, okay, well, I guess we'll write more. I guess I'll hang out in my studio more. I guess I'll collaborate with my friends more. And so it's, it's, interesting to see what else it opens up you know as I just always try to look for that silver lining it's like okay well I wouldn't have time had time to do some of this or you know I, I just released a record a 
about six weeks ago and releasing an album in the midst of a global pandemic was like a whole new learning experience. But we did a 24 hour live stream the day it dropped. And would I have done that normally? Probably not because we would have been, you know, traveling all over doing a different city every day. And, um, and we, it was so cool. Like in the course of 24 hours, we got 23 million impressions. We focused on every time zone around the world. And, you know, we started in Tonga, which is a country before New Zealand that it's, that I only knew was there because of the Olympics. <laughs> but we had on famous Olympian PETA, who is from Tonga. And we brought on guests from every country and had, you know, athletes to actors, to speakers, to chefs, to musicians. It was just such an inclusive day to really show that we're all going through this together. And to move from, you know, Tonga to Japan, we had this... Uh, local artists in Japan take us on a, a tour of Shinjuku downtown and you saw everybody so cool. in Tokyo wearing masks and it was just like it was so crazy and also so beautiful to just be like all right we are we are uniting together I do believe that music is that universal language that that can that can bring us together in these times and um and so would I have done that had we not been in the global pandemic probably not but it was really cool I think that there's a lesson to be learned through a lot of that stuff. And I think people are learning it like yourself. I, nothing will ever take, nothing will ever take the place of performing live in front of an audience, but there's a, a ton of fans out there that maybe live in Tonga and can't come to your shows, yeah. or maybe they can't afford to buy a ticket. You know, look, everybody's situation is different. And I, I think that, you know, thankfully people like you have realized there really is a big benefit to jumping on and doing things like that. And I do hope that some of those things stick around. Now, I, I don't necessarily wish upon you to stay awake for 24 hours again and do that, but I think, I hope those things stick around even when live events come back. I'm so with you. Um, yes, I, I was looking back on it and I'm like, you know, could I have planned this out maybe a little smarter, maybe pre-recorded the portion that I sleep. <laughs> but so maybe in the future, if I ever decide to do it again, um, I will think through that. But but yeah, I'm with you. I think that we've learned like new ways to lean into this thing called the internet that has always been there. It's not like Zoom and all these things is is brand new, but but we're learning how to be like, okay, how can we actually stay more connected? I mean, in in as we were planning the album launch, I was talking to my teams in the UK, Australia, Canada, New York, LA, all on the same day. And we were all on zoom calls and you could see each other's faces and I just felt so connected to them mm -hmm. and it's like you know we had this before but we all just would send these mass emails back yeah. and forth <laughs> you know and so I just I felt so connected to my own team and I'm like this is kind of cool actually yeah it's been cool like when I first shifted to working from home I did a lot of my interviews via phone and then yeah. I was like, I wonder if people would be interested in jumping on Zoom because then I can still have eye contact with you and still be able to have totally. a face-to-face -face conversation as long as people are cool with being on the screen, you know? Uh, and, and it's worked out awesome. Plus the audio quality from a Zoom call, way better than a phone call too. So much better. So much better. So thank you for doing this because it is really good to see you oh and have this conversation face-to-face. -face. Thank you. It's so good to see you. I feel like I'm actually close to my friends when before, like at the beginning of quarantine, Jeff, I was like by myself in a house for 110 days oh and gosh. I did not see anybody. And I was like, okay, I'm an introvert, but I'm kind of starting to miss people. Like it took me that long, but I'm like, I'm kind of 
starting to miss interaction. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do want to talk really quick about the Canadian Country Music Awards because that's generally been a really big event for you. I know you and the Tennilles, um this year had a really big year. What do we have to yeah. do to get the American audience to buy into uh, your music the same way the Canadians do because I I don't know what it is like I need Lindsay L up on that stage accepting awards here in America too not just in Canada <laughs> well thank you so much for saying that I mean it's just a, a timing thing I really think I you know I, I've been living in Nashville now for 10 years and so this is always my home I mean I will always be Canadian but but I just I love living down here so much and so um Ever since I, I first moved down, even before I signed my record deal, it was just like, okay, I'm kind of starting from the beginning. Like I started my career when I was 10 years old, but then moving down here, it's like you kind of have to start again and building that fan base. And, you know, some artists strike lightning in a bottle and their first single out of the gate just miraculously hits the right timing and hits the right everything and, and goes for it. And then other artists just got to, have a few kicks with the cat and got to work their way up the, the, the ladder, I guess. Sure. The analogy. <laughs> um, I make my own like saying sometimes if it's horrible, but, um, but when you look at artists like Kenny Chesney or Miranda Lambert or Luke Bryan, I mean, it didn't take them overnight. They took sure. years. They took years. They took albums. They took so many singles to finally hit that one. That was like, okay, they're, they're there. So, it's just about being patient. And thankfully I love what I do so flipping much that it's just like, I'm going to keep doing my thing. And as it evolves, hopefully fans will, will grow and evolve with me. And, you know, as all of our jobs and, and lives, especially right now are evolving into different directions. It's just like, I just try to wake up every day and do what feels right. And, and the fact that, you know, ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to be a musician because it just made me so happy and it's like my favorite thing to do on the planet, but it also is my favorite thing to do because I think that I, I have this ability to like spread goodness mm. and spread love to other people, like stand on stage and sing songs that hopefully I can inspire, you know, people sitting in the audience or sitting on a virtual Zoom concert in front of their laptop um, and, and maybe leave that show feeling a little bit better than they came. And I feel that it's like my job to be able to like spread that light and spread that love to people. And, and so I'm just going to wake up and try to continue to do that. And, you know, whatever path and course it takes, I'll just follow it. And um, I'm a workaholic. I love what I do. I work so hard at it. And I truly believe that eventually those things work out. It just is a matter of timing. Well, talking about paths, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, you know, it took you a little bit of time to really find your voice. And every artist has to find that place, you know, whatever they're working on, they have to find what their voice is. And, and I think there was some trial and error. And I mean, would you agree with that? You kind of had to figure out what would best capitalize on all of your talents and abilities and what you wanted to say. I totally would agree with that. And, and even so, I think that that process never truly ends. Sure. But, but hitting that first, you know, chord where you're like, okay, this feels authentic. This feels like it's me. Yeah. When I first moved to town, I was so, um, you know, I, I was so excited to get on the radio. I was so excited to sign a record deal. And so I was just writing songs that I'm like, okay, well maybe this will get on the radio or maybe if I say this and, and you know, the first couple of singles that didn't work, I was like, okay, well maybe I have to sing 
what they're singing about to, to get on the radio because maybe that will work better. And, and so I had to kind of go there, the pendulum I needed to swing all the way in the wrong direction to realize, no, you know what I need to sing? I need to sing what feels true to me. And I just need to be who I am. And I need to be able to listen to a song that I've written and recorded through a speaker and be like, that's awesome. And that inspires me. And I hope that inspires other people. And it wasn't really until I started working with Christian Bush on my first album, like three years ago, when I really hit that chord and I found that place. And I've just, I feel like through recording my sophomore album that we just released with Dan Hoff, I was able to just articulate that and clarify it to a deeper level. Working with Dan has just been so inspiring. I mean, he's one of the best guitar players on the planet. If people don't know who he is, he's been on like Michael Jackson records and Madonna records and then, and then became a producer and moved to Nashville and basically started working with Keith Urban in the early, early days and made Keith who he is. And now produces everybody from Kane Brown to Russell Dickerson to Lady A to yours truly. And so he's just so, so talented and, and working with him truly helped me up level. I think who I am as an artist, how I sing, how I play, how I write. And um, I'm just really grateful for Dan and this record. I think that also as a songwriter, I was able to just reach a new level of vulnerability because some of my favorite artists are ones that just write songs that are so honest Mm -hmm. and they're so raw and sometimes so uncomfortable sometimes. But I think that that's when music is so special and when it has that extra level of where you can really connect with somebody you know it isn't just singing about surface level it's like singing about real true emotions that hurt and sting and 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 are the reason why we need to lean into music so hard sometimes when we're looking for something to lean into and so I really tried to go there on this album and um it's just been amazing to you know see see dms from fans and and see all of their messages um hearing how you know they're like Lindsay this album is helping me through this time in my life and um even me talking about my story as a little girl as a survivor it's the first time I've ever really talked about that and and hearing fans say I've I've never said this to anybody but I want to tell you my story and I never take those things lightly I I am just really inspired that if I can be even a small part of someone's healing process in that way, or I can be an advocate to other survivors to let them know that they're not alone, then I feel like I'm doing my job truly. And um, I I agree with you. It hasn't really been until the last few years that I've been, I've had the courage and I've had the confidence to go there. I do. I have to say, I feel like I'm an OG uh, Lindsay L fan. I've been on the bus. I will say for the record, (laughs) You have been there from the beginning, even as I was like exploring and doing crazy things. Like, thank you from the bottom of my heart. You are completely OG. You don't have to thank me. You just keep putting out good music, but I love tripping on us. And by the way, I mean, I understand there's a growth period where you're still trying to figure out who you are, but when uh, your record label rep Lexi uh, played us, uh, I don't love you for the first time. I, when it was over, I just looked at her and I said, there's Lindsay. Like that's, it's everything about Lindsay. Like all the pieces came together and I was like, this is what we've been waiting for from Lindsay L. Like this is, this is her voice. This is her story. This is her guitar. This is her, everything came together. Finally, it was like, oh my gosh, like a light went off. And I, I love that. I feel like I was able to watch that growth. Cause I think it made it even more special to hear this new music. Cause I, I know where you've come from. I know where you've been. And it's just like, yes, here it is. Like, I don't know. It was just so exciting. Thank you so much for saying that. I love that song so much. It was um, such a special 
single. And, you know, of course, when we release a song that says, I don't love you at the beginning of a global pandemic and through, you know, a racial crisis and all of these yeah. issues in a world, like sometimes songs that, that just talk about heavy things or sad things just don't work. And again, it's a timing thing. But, um, but I love that song so much and it's amazing to play that song live because I just feel that it it really connects and touches a lot of people. And so I'm so happy you love it. <laughs> well, Lindsay, you were one of my like dream interviews for this podcast because uh, this is all really about um, wellness and talking to people about what they do in their life because I think everybody – there's a different path for everyone. And I, I like to be able to share stories with people so they can kind of get different perspectives. And And I would imagine that a lot of your, because you're really big into this as well and just making sure that you're doing the right things for you. I would imagine a lot of that started to shift to when you started working with Christian and you found that you could have your voice. Like I, I feel like as a new artist, you almost feel like you're not allowed to have a voice. You kind of have to do what everybody tells you to do and you have to be a part of the machine. But it seems like when you started working with Christian, you were like, I'm Lindsay L. Damn it. I'm going to do me. I'm going to be who I am. And I, so I wonder, is that when, when you really started to focus more on yourself as well? Yeah. I think that I've always been a huge health nut ever since I was in high school. I just loved researching about, you know, health and wellness. And I, I loved going to the gym and trying out all different kinds of workouts. And I was always doing different cleanses. Like I've <laughs> always been like kind of that crazy. But I do agree that it wasn't until I was working with Christian until I really, I really started to look at myself in a, in a healthy and proud life. Mm -hmm. And it's when you can do that, when you realize that self-love is like the key to everything, because if you can't love yourself fully, and if you can't wake up every day and be like, yeah, I got this, then you can't love other people in your life to the level that you are able to. Mm -hmm. And when you realize it from that lens, like loving yourself isn't selfish, it's actually nurturing so that you can be the best you can be to then show up for everybody else in your life. And so, yeah, it it really hasn't been until the last few years that I have fully embraced that. Um, And as far as, I mean, health and wellness, where do you want to start? (laughs) I am quite the, I, I mean, people ask me what my hobbies are and I'm like, I don't really, I mean, I just do music all the time. I love working out and I, and my hobby is like researching health. <laughs> my, my hobby. How, is that, is that lame? Maybe that's lame. I don't know, but it's my hobby. I'm obsessed about it. Well, I think one thing too, that for someone from your perspective, because you do a job that not everybody gets to do, but you're very public. And I think from a social media standpoint, being very public as you are is awesome because we get to uh, be a part of your life and experience your life with you. But from your side, a lot of criticism comes from that too. And I don't know if we see that all the time necessarily. Like, yeah, if we scroll through your comments, we can, you know what I mean? But like, how do you handle that? Because I'm sure you get some negative, I'm sure you get overwhelming positivity, but there is that negativity that comes in. And it's hard to ignore that if you're the person that's feeling personally attacked. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I were to read you some of my DMs right now, you'd be like, (laughs) please don't, please don't. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you definitely need to establish uh, some thick skin and some broad shoulders and realize that um, sometimes people will say things in front of their keyboard that they would never say in real life. Yeah. And, um, and, and a lot of times it is a reflection of maybe something they're feeling in their own life. They're not necessarily meaning everything that they're coming at you, attacking you with. And so, yeah, I get 
I, I get sent the weirdest things, the meanest things. And I, at the end of the day, like I do read a lot of them. You know, there's some artists that are like, I'm just not going to read it. I do read pretty much everything. But um, but I just take it with a grain of salt. You know, yeah. I, I realize and I'm just like, you know, maybe they're having a really bad day or maybe, you know, my shorts do look kind of weird. Like, you know, like, it's just like, or maybe I've had fans be like, why are you wearing that shirt for the sixth show in a row? And I'm like, do you think I can go shopping every single <laughs> show I play and have a brand new outfit every single show? And so it's just like, I, I take a deep breath sometimes and it's like, I'm just doing my thing. I'm just waking up and doing my thing the best I can for that day. And then I'll carry on and try to do it again tomorrow. And so, yeah, I've definitely had to um, develop a thick skin. And with social media, I just try to be as open and uh, as authentic yeah. as I can. I think that, you know, the minute uh, as you are in the entertainment industry and the minute you decide to sign up for social media, it's like that that veil that that you just get to lift. And it's a beautiful thing, but it's also like, this is who I am. You know, I'm just a human being who puts on pants one leg at a time and I'm happy and I'm sad. And, and I want to show you all of the, the little emotions as we navigate through them. Cause I think that's just another connection point. I do love when people criticize outfits from tours. I had a friend that was in a, a band that toured yeah. the world and, and every time the bus would come through town, he'd go to like grab his bag or something. And it was just this little, I don't know, like a suitcase smaller than I would take for a week's vacation. And he's on the road for six months, you know? And I'm like, how do you have enough? But you, you got to pack light. <laughs> totally. Totally. I know you, uh, you definitely have to pack light. And it's like, I played 235 shows last year. 235 we were on the road 280 days so it's like i mean in the world of sustainable fashion um (laughs) that's 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 gonna be some repeats of some outfits (laughs) otherwise my bank account would be like my business manager would be calling me being like Lindsay, i need to stop shopping (laughs) (laughs) the word vulnerable comes to mind and i think with the album heart theory you really you opened up and you and you put yourself into a vulnerable position with sharing some of these stories with people. How did you get to a point where you felt comfortable to, to share that with people? You know, I, um, I went to this place called youth for tomorrow about three and a half years ago. And, um, they're an organization in the country that deal with kids aged 12 to 18 who have either just gotten into the wrong situations growing up or who have been victims of sex trafficking or rape. And I went there to um, help them launch their, their music program mm. three years ago, not thinking I was going to speak a word of my own story. And um, I ended up sitting in this conference room with 12 other little girls and sat down and heard every one of their stories and told them every single p- part of my story. Mm. And it was just such a moving day. I, you know, you'd hear the most horrific things. This, this little girl sitting beside me said, yeah, Lindsay, but she was 12 years old. She's like, yeah, my parents sold me to a sex trafficking company when I was Oh my little. gosh. And she's 12. She's 12. And and she just had so much light in her eyes and in her heart. And she was just so beautiful. And, and I left that campus that day knowing that if I didn't share this part of my story or if I didn't reach that next level of vulnerability, that I was holding back the opportunity to help other little girls like that or little boys like that or grown adults. Because I feel like, Ignorance is bliss and it's rewarded in our society far more than being vulnerable and standing up for what we believe in is. 
And so when we have an opportunity to really take a stand and, and try to make a difference and use our voice and share our stories, we should do that. We should do that 100% of the time if we're given the opportunity. And, and so I left that place that day just being changed, so changed and so inspired. And I think it was the thing to really helped me write a record that was so honest and so vulnerable. You know, I didn't write this album about one breakup specifically, but I wrote it about um, looking at heartbreak in your life mm. as a whole. And because I think that anytime you go through a breakup, you kind of think of every single breakup you've been through and you're like, okay, well, where did I show up good? Where did I show up not so good? And and you just learn a lot, you know, looking looking back on it. And, um, and so I... I was about halfway through writing the record when I realized I was writing the songs in order of my process of, of how I was like feeling and going through this. And I was like, what if I wrote a concept album that was in order of my process? Cause I was honestly looking at the songs I was turning into my publishing company, like title date, title date, title date. And you could see me like slowly change. And so I decided to do that. Um, there's a thing called the seven stages of grief. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm such a nerd, like I said, of all things health and all things personal development and like Brene Brown and, and you know, the list goes on. Um, I'm a fan. Um, but the seven stages of grief is just one way of articulating the process of how we transform and, and how we move through these times in our lives. And, and so I was like, okay, what if I wrote an album in order of the seven stages of grief? So track one was in stage one of shock. And then it went shock, denial, anger, all the way through the last stage of acceptance, where you're able to look at yourself in the mirror and accept yourself for everything that you are and everything that you've been through. And so I, I did just that. And I was able to, you know, once I even decided to write a concept album, it wasn't like I was going through being like, okay, now I need to write a song about this today. Now I need to write a song about this today. I was just writing how I honestly felt. And it just miraculously was the album. Like I wrote the record in order. And and I think that when you are able to open those boxes and truly explore those emotions and those feelings as a human being, it causes you to look at things in your childhood mm -hmm. because things that happen when we're kids establish so much of how we react to things in our adult life, you know? And, and I think, you know, between the time of when we're like, one in seven, I think the stat is maybe, maybe those numbers are totally wrong, but it's around there um, is when, you know, we develop those fundamental um, qualities of, of who we are, you know, and how our parents raise us and the things we're exposed to when we're, when we're that little, that, um, that really change the navigation of, of how we show up in relationship later on in life. And so um, I just think it's, it's fascinating. And I also think it's so healing to go back to, mm. you know, those things and even things that happened when we were kids and in our teens and and really try to 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 pick those apart and and learn from it and analyze it and and truly heal from it so that you can then free up your life to just be a, a human being not like holding on to all of this stuff that happened when we were little there is like a freeing aspect to that i know when i started doing this podcast uh, I, I talk about this um in the first couple episodes i as a young i battled like depression through most of my life. Um, but when I was younger and I was in my teen years, I got dangerously close to uh, taking my own life. And I would never 
talk to anybody about it. And it was always like a weird like shame that I felt or weird like I don't want people thinking I'm trying to get attention if I talk about this. And um, I think even coming into the podcast, there were maybe five or six people in my entire life that knew that story. And then I put it out there and there may still only be five or six people that know about it because I don't know who listens. Um, but not even, not it just even. it still it felt so freeing to actually say it. You know what I mean? Just to just to throw yeah. it out there. And I just I felt like a weight came off of my back. And I was like, why was I carrying that weight for, you know, almost 30 years of my life? Why was I carrying that for so long? It's crazy. I'm sorry. To, I'm so sorry, Jeff. Thank you for, for being so um, honest and vulnerable and, and saying that. And I 100 percent agree. I think that sharing our stories gives us this sense of validation where we're able to then take that version of ourselves like in my case, it was my 13 year old self and my 21 year old self and hold their hands and be like, I got you. Like, I, I hear your story. I got you. We're going through this together because as, as much as we, we don't want to admit like that little girl or that little boy are a part of us. And if, if we deny, you know, their, their feelings and their, their sadness or their anger or, or whatever that can manifest into other things later in life. And so being able to to give voice to their stories and let their stories be heard is so, so, so healing. So I'm so proud of you. That's amazing. Well, thank you. It's people like you that inspire me. So uh, I think we can all, <laughs> we can all work together on this. <laughs> we, it's, we inspire each other. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Before I lose you, cause I, I think I'm running out of time here, but uh, I do want to ask you, uh, what are you doing since we, you know, we're talking about uh, wellness and self-help. What are you doing um, right now that just kind of keeps you motivated moving forward. You had an album that came out, as you said, six weeks ago, and there's a big push leading up to that album. And I know you just dropped the new video for want me back, but you're not out on the road. So motivation is different now than maybe it would be otherwise. So what are you doing to, to keep pushing forward and keep your, your mind in that right place? How long do we have? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's up to you. Really? I got all day for I you. I mean, <laughs> so goodness, like, I feel like this pandemic has taught me so much about taking a minute. And I think it's taught us all a little bit how to slow down and reevaluate some things and get some balance back into our lives. I mean, I've always loved working out. I've always loved eating healthy. Um, I had a health scare last year. I, I was like really close to um, a, a cancer scare. And it just sort of like, I guess it was before I even turned 30 and I'm like, I'm not even 30 and I may have cancer. What is happening? Yeah. And so I started eating vegan. Um, and, and now I'm a little bit of everything. I'm still pretty much plant-based, but sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll have honey or I don't know, yeah. some, some other things, but, um, but I, I changed my diet completely and I've always loved working out. Um, i I still obviously have been working out as much as I can, but in a global pandemic, I mean, I haven't really been going to the gym. Sure. And so um, it's important to me to stay on the things that I know will set myself up for success. And that's eating healthy. And that's trying to work out or at least move your body. I mean, I have really welcomed in um, meditating. Mm. Like I think meditation is so powerful, even if you do it for a few minutes in the morning or night, um, as well as journaling. And so those things have really helped me stay grounded and have helped like open up a whole new perspective over the past couple of years that I feel like um, I wouldn't have gotten if I just kept going in my like nomadic 
workaholic life mm. where it was just like next thing, next thing, next thing. And I just felt I was stuck in a routine and I would just be going through the motions compared to actually trying to nourish my, my body and my mind and make sure I'm like in a good mental state to even show up to my job. And so I think that carving out time for yourself and whatever that means for yourself, whether it's, you know, taking a bath or going on a run or meal prepping healthy food in your fridge or meditating every morning or taking five minutes to journal and just get like stuff that's on your mind out, mm. just get it out and put it on a piece of paper and then close that journal and put it away for tomorrow. It's so, so helpful. And it helps like unlock this like new energy in yourself that you can't really tap into when you're not really investing in self-love. I think time is such a big thing. And that's one thing that I've definitely focused on is I force myself to take breaks throughout the day. Um, yeah. I know too many people that just sit behind the computer or sit on their phone all day and then they're, they're exhausted. And I'm like, you know, if you just, if you took an hour break, it's going to be okay. Like the world isn't going to end. The job is still going to get done. It's perfectly fine. And I, even though like my day may seem longer because I stretch it out, taking those breaks and really just, like you said, going outside for a walk. I have two dogs. I'll walk the dogs, you know, and, and it just, it really changes the entire landscape of my mental ability for the day. Absolutely. And when you can do that in the morning and change your landscape of your mental ability like you said for the rest of the day how powerful is that yeah you know like I think that's why the morning is so special and and such a important time to sort of like click things into gear in the right way you know compared to waking up and I am so guilty of this waking up looking at my phone opening up Instagram yeah. getting all stressed out and then the rest of my day is so stressful so I've really been trying to in the morning, like that time is precious mm -hmm. and it, it makes such a difference and it has such an impact on, you know, your next 12, 18 hours. I've been trying so hard not to use my phone all the time. And I still like yeah. it's maybe seven o'clock in the evening or something. And because I wake up at like three o'clock in the morning, I try to go to bed around eight or so. It'll be like seven and I'll just look down and my phone will be in my hand. And I'm like, why am I even holding this? Like, I don't even know what am I, I just put it down. But that's, that's how addicted we get to stuff like that. Like it takes a conscious effort to not be opening it up all totally, day long. Totally, totally, totally. It definitely takes a conscious effort. And, and yet just being aware of it is, the main thing, you know, as long as we're aware of it, then we can constantly remind ourselves, oh yeah, I need to put this down. I really shouldn't scroll on my Instagram feed for 30 minutes. Is that really the healthiest thing or the best use of my time? Probably not. <laughs> well, Lindsay, um, I always love talking to you and you're an inspiration and I just love how open you are and how honest you are. And I, I love to see how, how you've grown over the years in this and how you've really become who you are and uh, found that voice over time. I, I think it's amazing. And I'm just so excited for you. Thank you so much. Well, I just appreciate you so, so much for being the OG, being there from <laughs> the very beginning and always being in my court. Um, I, I just love you so much. I can't wait to actually come play a show in person when yes. we can finally do that. And um and just thank you. I appreciate you so much. Usually I wrap things up by asking people what they have coming up. I know you just released the Want Me Back video. I know it's a weird yeah. time, but is there anything else that we should be looking forward to from Lindsay L? Yeah, we're in the process of shooting a bunch of really cool content around the record. You know, since we can't tour mm. 
the album, it's like finding interesting ways to keep um, keep it fun and exciting for fans. And so we've shot videos for every single song oh, in awesome. like really cool, like crazy outfits and lighting and stuff. And so um, I'm really excited to roll those out as well as, you know, virtual shows. I also have been teaching a songwriting course because I think that again- I noticed that on social media, yeah. Through all of this stuff that we're feeling- music and art is so healing and so i have gotten so much therapy writing my album heart theory that i really want to inspire you know my fans listening to it or anybody listening to this to that they can lean into art and art is such a useful tool to process your emotions so um so yeah i just had my first 90 minute songwriting workshop we're about to offer like a four-week songwriting course because i'm just like well i'm at home what what more can i do than like give my fans this tool and like work through these, these um, processes with them. So it's been so, so much fun. If anybody's interested in that, then, um, you know, go over to my website or my social media. I'll have all the links there. Well, Lindsay L, thank you so much for sharing some of your day with me. I appreciate that. And as we already said, I cannot wait to see you in person again and uh, get a chance to hang out. Thank you so much, Jeff. It's so, so great to talk to you and to see you. And yes, I cannot wait to, to do it in person. Thank you again to Lindsay L for sharing some of her day with me. It's like a dream come true chat with her today. So that was amazing. And thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you like what you heard and you'll come back for the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on right now and follow us on social media. On Instagram, we are Be More Well Podcast. And on Twitter, it's just Be More Well. Until next time, thank you guys again.